Hello, my lovely people, and welcome to The Fletcher Files, a Murder, She Wrote podcast with your host, Monty. This week, I have a bit of a sore throat, so this is the voice you're going to get this week, but I'll be back to my regular voice next week, hopefully, definitely. This week, we have our season three wrap up. Can you believe it? Another season in the books. So we're going to do this the way we always do this. We're going to start with my favorite episodes, then my least favorite episodes, my favorite characters, then my least favorite characters. And finally, the longest part, (laughs) one quote from each episode and six degrees of Angela Lansbury. And if you don't know what that is, That is when I take one character from each episode and I connect that actor back around to Angela Lansbury outside of the Murder, She Wrote universe. So that will be fun. Now, let's get into it. So my top five, in no particular order, favorite episodes are The Corpse Flew First Class. I love this one for several reasons, one of which is Kate Mulgrew. Yes, Sunny Greer. Thank you. (laughs) But it's a two-for-one mystery. Also, at least two to three times, Angela Lansbury breaks character and for real laughs. Like, it seems... For instance, when they pulled that dog (laughs) out of the knitting bag, listen, she for real laughed. That was not Jessica Fletcher. That was Angela Lansbury. And I don't think she really knew that there was a dog in that bag. (laughs) She seemed thoroughly surprised and just tickled by this. (laughs) And then the scene before that, where they were talking to the flight attendants and the other flight attendant found out that the one who was being suspected, I forget their names at this point, but that they were both dating the same pilot, Bernie. Oh my goodness. She's in the back, just like almost in tears. (laughs) She's like, what is happening here? I love it. So my second favorite, again, in no particular order, these are all equally ranked as my favorite. So we then have Crossed Up. I I don't know why I like this episode. I just do. You know, sometimes there's just an episode that you can just put on, you can watch from beginning to end. It's unproblematic and just an easy watch. So this one, I don't know. I just find it enjoyable, despite the fact that poor Jessica is stuck in bed the entire episode and has to deal with Seth, Amos, and Grady not really believing her about the phone call that she received. So that was frustrating for all of us, more so the audience. Okay, more so me (laughs) than Jessica, apparently. But yeah, despite that, still one of my faves. Then we have the bottom line is murder. Okay. 
In this episode, we have Morgan Stevens playing Robert Warren and yet again being a complete creeper. <laughs> Can he catch a break? I believe he is in one or two more episodes of the series. I think he redeems himself, but do not quote me on that. <laughs> but of course, we also have George Takei. Okay, we have him as the janitor. Now he is doing the most as the janitor, but we needed him. We appreciate him, okay? <laughs> we have Adrian Barbo just being just all that she can be with her curly hair and her cowboy boots, just, you know, kicking butt and taking names, honestly. Although, did not appreciate that she was also exploiting and manipulating Claire. So you can miss me with that part, definitely. (laughs) But yeah, there were complicated relationships going on here. There was definitely some HIPAA violations going on. Um, You should not be personal friends with your therapist. Okay, like, sorry, not sorry, you shouldn't because it could lead to what? I don't know, murder, okay? And we have misidentification, like how you murder the wrong person, Robert. Spoiler. (laughs) And then we have no laughing murder. Where there's a Mac, there's a Murray, okay? (laughs) I don't know why I like this episode either. I just do. I think that... I'm not necessarily into the old school comedy like that, that Mac and Murray were actually comedians back in the 50s doing that type of comedy. But for some reason, it just folded into this episode really well, at least for me. Okay, (laughs) You had Murray, who was super dramatic, just like the entire time, but like just enough. Okay, he wasn't a great person in that he really was trying to manipulate his daughter to not, well, not even not get married to Kip, but to marry Kip, but to always have this festering disgust for Mac, his father, and the grandfather to their future children. Like, that's messed up. But other than that... (laughs) You know, and like an innocent person got murdered. And then we have Farley doing an ugly cry at the end with no (laughs) tears. And yes, we did have a young George Clooney, but like, yeah, (laughs) I don't know why I like this episode, but I do. And no one can make me think any different despite the rants throughout that review. Okay. (laughs) That's that. So then we have murder. She spoke. Okay. So we just discussed this last week. I don't know why I love this episode, but I do. I will forever love GW Bailey and forever hate Lieutenant Faraday. So there there's that he is a great enough actor that he can play just this really sexist, misogynistic character, but then 
make a career for a number of years as a much beloved detective on the closer and major crimes. Yes. So that's it. (laughs) William Atherton was able to come back and redeem himself as a character. (laughs) Cause you remember my big lady, right? (laughs) He was trash in the first two episodes that he was in, in this series. And he was able to come back as a complicated yet sympathetic character. And we got to see him and his wife deal with a real issue of communication and a drastic change in his life and how that actually affected both of them and that they were able to resolve it. And it wasn't just like magically resolved. It appears that they, we saw the start of their conversation, but it's clear that they continued that conversation and made the necessary changes. And to put that in 42 minutes with a whole separate storyline, multiple storylines going on. But you know, one of the reasons I love this episode is Stony Carmichael. Like, let's just, let's just be honest. Like, I'm not even necessarily, I'm into all types of music, but like, I, can they put the, is this on Spotify? Are these songs on Spotify? Because I know the real artist, Charlie Daniels, his, is his music on Spotify as well? I guess, perhaps, I don't know. He only passed away in 2020. So it's very possible that his music is on Spotify. Um, but I love the music in this episode. That's usually not something that stands out, but clearly this was an episode about musicians and they do have more in the future ranging from hard rock to classical to some like very 90 synthesized music but we'll discuss each of those when we get to them but this one love the music love that there were multiple storylines and they wrapped all of them up And Lieutenant Faraday had a pretty decent redemption arc. I'm still not a fan of his though. But at least the next women that he comes into contact with, hopefully he won't immediately be disrespectful to them. That's all we can wish for at this point. Now let's get into my least favorite episodes. So, of course, we start with the Knight of the Headless Horseman. Oh, my goodness. Dorian Gray is super annoying. Point blank, period. I I don't even want to discuss that episode again. Despite the fact that Greg Brady was in it, he was a jerk. Okay. (laughs) Just a whole jerk. And if I had more room on my least favorite characters list, because I stopped at five, he would have been on there for Sure. Then we have murder in a minor key. Jessica isn't really in this, although her high heel furry slippers that Grady got her, that's strange. Where did he buy those from? Because where you usually buy them from is an inappropriate store to go into for your aunt. But (laughs) we're going to just let that go. Okay. But yeah, uh, I wasn't impressed by this episode. 
even as a lawyer and watching this law student, none of this would be possible for him to just do on his own. Okay, we're not we're not going to go into it. Okay, <laughs> I'm not going to get my blood pressure up again for this. Then we have the cemetery vote. Now, unlike capital offense, right, which also had political corruption and political intrigue, here in the cemetery vote, the victims were, there was no justice in this episode as there was some level of justice in capital offense because a person murdered in capital offense was a black mailer. Although the way that she was murdered was absolutely outrageous and disturbing. The person who murdered her was her partner and he ends up getting arrested and prosecuted and I'm sure put away for life. But here you have two innocent people You have the mayor who was just trying to make a difference and clean up. You had his father who was just trying to get justice for his murdered son because everybody was calling it an accident. And the person who murdered him was his best friend, the mayor, his best friend who was just trying to parlay his way into the mayoral seat. Are you serious? Like, does that happen To some degree, like, I don't know if people are out here. Well, I think there probably are stories of people murdering their friends in order to get to political positions. But just the injustice of it all was just too much for me. And then the father being murdered because he's trying to figure out what happened to his son. And yes, the sheriff who was corrupt and the deputy sheriff who was corrupt and physically abusive to his mistress. Um, God knows what he, whether he was abusive to his wife, probably too. He needed to go under the jail. Both of them were arrested. All of the corrupt people are arrested. And at the end of the day, Linda, the wife slash daughter-in-law, the widow is going to run for mayor. And, you know, we're to assume that she's going to clean things up since the corrupt people who are controlling things are now all going to prison. But the injustice of it all is too much for me. So it has to go on my least favorites, unfortunately. And then we have the days dwindle down. Again, for me, the injustice of it, that this man spent 30 years in prison for a crime that he did not commit. And we know, we know as we sit here in 2022 or whenever that this is a reality that it might not have been a strange bargain and a a mistake and that this and the that and the accidental death, but they still needed to make it look like a murder robbery. Those details, no, but we know in real life that there are misidentifications by witnesses. Some witnesses could lie and then They come to retract their testimony years later, and there are a number of people, unfortunately, that have spent decades in prison unjustly because they did not, in fact, commit the crimes that they were convicted of. And so there's that level. So I guess it's, well, they came to a resolution at the end and he made peace with it, but it's real that someone 
there are people who have spent decades and there are some people who may still be in jail. The Innocence Project was created for a reason and they never lack work. So unfortunately, this is a real thing that could happen the 30 years of an innocent person being in prison. So it's a little too realistic in that sense. And I'm probably unrealistic as to the resolution because I'm like, so y'all just not going to say anything. And I understand, I completely understand what Sam was saying that he is just happy to be out of prison. He has cleared his name for himself and that's all he needs. So he can now move on and live whatever years he has left with the joy of being with his wife and his son and his daughter-in-law and their grandchildren to come. So I don't know how many people have been in prison for decades and are just like, oh, it's fine that I know that I didn't do it. Like, like, no, I I think that I need to be exonerated and I'm going to need them to come off some millions of dollars because uh, I was in prison for decades that's not okay. So yeah, maybe there are more layers to this now that we're looking at this in 2022 and having for probably at least the last decade plus having people exonerated after decades in prison that um, maybe it was a more novel situation in 1987 and so that's why they were able to do it and wrap it up that way but if they remade this now there would need to be more wrap up to this like there would need to have been like a note that they filed a lawsuit and received millions and that Sam's name was cleared something more than this because that's not satisfying of an ending Now, looking back, perhaps it was in 1987, but the injustice of it all is too much again. Now, let's go into my favorite characters. Now, this was difficult. I only have three. Now, there may have been more that I just could not remember. So I'm going to get better about (laughs) writing down my favorite characters for the episodes. (laughs) It's terrible. I'm looking through all of the titles. Like, I do not remember who my favorite standout characters were beyond these three. Now, I came up with five least favorite characters, quick, fast, and in a hurry. But we'll get to that in a second. So we first have Margot Claymore from One White Rose for Death. She was the undersecretary's wife, right? And this is 100% because of her fashions, right? This wasn't one of my most, it wasn't one of my favorite episodes. And it definitely wasn't one of my least favorite episodes. It had Michael Haggerty in it. So it could not be a least favorite. (laughs) For that simple fact, like that, that saves it. But her fashions, perfection. Then of course, on this kind of the same vein, but of fashion, but also some other great things. We have Sonny Greer from The Corpse Flew First Class. That white fur coat 
and her white outfit under it, everything. Her voice, everything. Just her, just her character, period. She played the heck out of that role, okay? I believed that she was having an affair with this, her chauffeur, now bodyguard, and she had no shame in it. She like, oh, well, whatever. I don't care. I'm not going to stop. What? I got money, money. Not only do I have money, money, but I have talent. I am booked and busy. Okay. I'm invited to luxurious and fancy things. I am famous. Okay. Not famous enough to have her own jet though. So no shade, but shade. Okay. But she wasn't acting better than people in that sense, like any better than those who were also in first class. So there's that. And I don't know what the private jet situation was in 1987. So she might have had long money and old money, but not private jet money. Okay, so that that mm-hmm, that's possible. That's possible. But just she played that character so perfectly. Loved it. And then we have from way back in episode one and two, Carl Schulman, aka Neil Fletcher from Death Stalks the Big Top, part one and two. I enjoyed his character, point blank period. I I did. He really was trying to look out for Tommy. He was looking out for everybody. He came back. Of course, there was Courtney Cox in that episode. This means more now after Friends and Scream than it did back then. Uh, Truth be told. But just, I don't know. Carl slash Neil seemed like a really great person. And I am so happy just ecstatic that he got away from Constance and that daughter of theirs. Okay. But he was able to come back for his granddaughter and keep that on the low and his son-in-law and keep that on the low because they deserved to have a relationship. But Constance deserves the worst and her daughter right there next to her. Just disgusting. I hated both of them. And like I said, if there was enough room on my least favorite characters, both of them would have been on there. I can't even remember the daughter slash mother's name. So that'll tell you how much I cared. (laughs) All right, let's get into least favorite characters. Now, we all know if we take it all the way back to death stocks, the big top mayor powers, I would not even talk about him in scenes because I disliked him so much. Then we have Gary Roberts from Unfinished Business. I'm glad he was murdered. That's that on that. I'm glad he was murdered. Although the murderer was also trash. Yeah, probably, maybe, maybe they were equal. Maybe they were equal. So I'll give it to both Lieutenant Barney Kale and Gary Roberts for unfinished business. Then we have TJ Holt and Barbara Bennington from Stage Struck. Now, Barbara Bennington was the understudy that was trying to torment 
Maggie Taro in order to get that headlining spot in the play, right? Just garbage, just straight trash of a person to psychologically torture someone with their hidden child. You know what I mean? Like basically trying to drive her to the point of possibly killing herself. Like just terrible. And then you have TJ Holt who just got into this with her, pretended to be Barbara's fiance so that he could get, I think he was a reporter. So like he could get a story and he was just making these sly comments and he was a creeper. He was just a a terrible person as well. Not as bad as Barbara, but bad for different reasons. Just both of them could really just go into the dumpster together. Then we have Dorian Beecher from Night of the Headless Horseman. I would probably match him with Nate Finley. Both of them were trash. Well, no, I take that back. Dorian was annoying. Nate was trash. So yeah, yeah, both of them are my least favorites. Um, surprisingly, this was one of my least favorite episodes. I, how did that work out, right? And then, of course, we have Lieutenant Faraday. It is no fault of the actor. It is the writing. I understand that. And I despise this character from Murder, She Spoke. So that's that. That's how I feel. Can't nobody change that. <laughs> Now let's get into our quotes and six degrees of Angela Lansbury. Episode one and two, Death Stalks the Big Top. Quote from Maria Morgana. Love and loyalty. How admirable. A sentiment that certainly has its place. Embroidered on a throw pillow. (laughs) She was a whole mess, but you know, gotta love her. Now, our six degrees of Angela Lansbury, we have Jackie Cooper, who played my favorite, Carl Schulman slash Neil Fletcher. Now, he was in an episode of Columbo with Peter Falk, who starred in a series called The Trials of O'Brien, and Angela Lansbury was in one of those episodes. Episode three unfinished business. And this is from Barney Kale. This is in some and substance. I don't remember it exactly. <laughs> this is with regards to Lowell Dixon, the assistant district attorney that was murdered 10 years before. Barney says he always talked about getting to heaven. So I just helped him along the way. Now that's cold blooded. Like Let's just be upfront and honest about that. Now, our six degrees of Angela Lansbury, we have Erin Morin or Moran, and she played Maggie Roberts. She also starred in Happy Days as the daughter of Tom Bosley's character. And of course, Tom Bosley is Sheriff Amos Tupper on Murder, She Wrote. Now, Episode four, One White Rose for Death. Jessica says to Michael, Michael, you're going to help her, aren't you? 
Michael says, a sweet young thing like that, Jessica? We're already working on it. And this was in relations to Greta, who was returning to the Soviet Union while her brother defected and stayed in the United States, which was very brave of her. And the first time we see her go from, you know, basically, I'm just a violinist, I'm just an artist, to taking a stand and using her power that she had in order to ensure that her parents who were still in the Soviet Union were safe and ensure her brother's safety. Now, our six degrees of Angela Lansbury, we have Michael Anderson Jr., who played Dr. Lynch. And he starred with Angela Lansbury in Dear Heart, a 1964 movie. We then have episode five, Corned Beef and Carnage. Lieutenant Spalletti says, why is it I always figure gorgeous blondes are lying to me? Now, in this case, she was. She, she was. Okay. That's why you felt that way. <laughs> And our six degrees of Angela Lansbury, we have Marcia Wallace. Yes, Edna Krabappel from The Simpsons. She was in a lot of other things, but that's where I know her best from. She played Polly Barth in this episode. And she was in Murphy Brown with Candace Bergen, who starred in a Broadway play with Angela Lansbury, The Best Man. Episode six, Dead Man's Gold. Seth says, Jessica, don't confuse Amos by bringing logic to bear. (laughs) Seth is so disrespectful of Amos. It's just outrageous sometimes. Our six degrees, we have Sean McClory, who played Ross Barber. That was the loan shark, not the bodyguard, but the loan shark that was with the bodyguard trying to get money out of David. And he was in three episodes of the Perry Mason television series. And we know that Raymond Burr, who played Perry Mason, starred in a movie with Angela Lansbury, Please Murder Me. I reviewed that movie on my Patreon. So if you are not on Patreon, get into it. What are you doing? What? The Fletcher Files pod on Patreon. Yes. <laughs> it was it was a good movie and it is, I believe, still available on Amazon. You can see it on YouTube as well, but the quality of the one on YouTube is not great at all. Now we have episode seven, Deadline for Murder. And Billy Sims says, I don't care that she's a dipso with 33 cats and hasn't bathed in four months. What I want to read about is that she's a sweet old widowed grandmother whose greedy landlord kicked her out. That That's terrible. Like, can we, can we not lie about... <laughs> This person clearly needs assistance, but this ain't what we're looking to get her. So our six degrees, we have Gretchen Corbett, who played Lieutenant A. Caruso. 
And she was a main character, Beth Davenport, in The Rockford Files with James Garner, who played Jim Rockford. And he starred in a movie, Mr. Budwing, in 1966 with Angela Lansbury. We then have episode eight, Magnum on Ice. And (laughs) this is a very cute exchange. Magnum, so Jessica, what do you say we make a deal? If you don't take out a private investigator's license, Jessica, yes. Magnum, I won't buy a typewriter. Jessica, deal. (laughs) I don't think even if you got a typewriter that you would be any competition for Jessica. She was just being polite, okay? (laughs) Then we have our six degrees. We have Stephanie Pharisee. She played Amy Saylor. And she was in two episodes of Frasier, which of course starred Kelsey Grammer. And he and Angela Lansbury were both in the 1997 animated version of Anastasia. They each voiced a different character. Then we have episode nine, Obituary for a Dead Anchor. And this is how we start the episode. We start off hot, okay? (laughs) Kevin Keats, Ronald Ross, yours is acknowledged to be one of the finest private collections of abstract expressionism in the country. Quite obviously, you're not one of those gentlemen who, uh, knows what he likes, but doesn't know anything about art. Ronald Ross says, well, actually, Kevin, I have a degree in art. (laughs) He's like, check my resume. Yes, I'm a scam and a schemer, but like, (laughs) I have credentials. (laughs) Well, you know what? Check his resume, I guess. Mobsters went to college too. Some of them. All right. Not all of them went to the school of hard knocks. Some went to legitimate institutions, okay? So (laughs) our six degrees, we have Abby Dalton, who plays Judith Keats. She was a main character, Lieutenant Martha Hale in Hennessy, the series, with Jackie Cooper, who starred as Hennessy, I'm assuming, (laughs) And of course, Jackie Cooper was in episode one and two of this season in Death Stalks the Big Top as Carl slash Neil. Episode 10, Stage Struck, Jessica says, oh, certainly not. No, but I was Applewood's second best set painter. And in case you haven't guessed, there were only two. (laughs) And this is Jessica referring to a reporter's question about whether she was an actress during her summers at the Applewood Theater. (laughs) Oh, Jessica. And so our Six Degrees of Angela Lansbury, we have John Placetti, and he plays Nikki Saperstein. And the actor was in Knott's Landing, 77 episodes as Richard Avery. 
in which he starred with Michelle Phillips, who was in Murder, She Wrote's episode Death Cast a Spell as Regina Collegian. She was the one that Cagliostro had under his spell, supposedly, okay? Mm-hmm. She did what she wanted to do and try to say, oh, he hypnotized me. Yeah, okay, girl. So, <laughs> episode 11, Night of the Headless Horseman. Charlotte Newcastle says, I want you to stay away from Edwin's daughter. Satisfy your needs elsewhere. Nate Finley says, is that an order or an offer? Gross. Gross. Okay. <laughs> R6 Degrees. Thomas Bray, who played Dorian Beecher, the most annoying character this season, he voices a character in Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, 21 episodes, in which... John Aston also voices a character, and we know John Aston from his several appearances on Murder She Wrote as Ross Haley, Fritz Randall, and of course, Harry Pierce. Episode 12 The Corpse Flew First Class. Sunny, as she's going into the lounge, she says, Make sure the food is hot. And the drinks are cold and we'll get along famously. I love Sunny. Okay. <laughs> now our six degrees, we have Mary Jo Catlett and she was Mrs. Metcalf. And she is the voice of Mrs. Puff from SpongeBob, the series, the movies, the whole nine, right? And... Apparently, Ernest Borgnine is also a voice actor on SpongeBob, okay? (laughs) And we will remember Ernest from Death Takes a Dive, where he was Cosmo Ponzini, the gym owner. Episode 13 crossed up Sheriff Tupper. (laughs) Okay. He says, the lady is no lady. She's got an arrest sheet as long as a chorus girl's legs. The disrespect of that, okay? (laughs) There's levels, levels, Amos, levels. Now our six degrees, we have Tony Dow, who played Gordon Rogers, the one with the allergies to his wife's cat. I'm just gonna leave that there. Take that where you need to take that. Anyway... (laughs) He was on two episodes of Diagnosis Murder, which stars Dick Van Dyke and Dick Van Dyke and Angela Lansbury both starred in Buttons. And they may have both also been in Anastasia. Don't quote me on that. But I feel like they should have been in more projects together. They're both still alive. Thank God. But like just, I don't know. In a perfect world, they would have been in many more projects together. Episode 14, Murder in a Minor Key. Jessica says, did you ever try to argue with a computer? It is impossible. It's like trying to talk sense to Amos Tupper once he's made up his mind about something. 
girl, the shade. Okay. <laughs> Just like, don't, don't, don't get yourself all upset. Don't raise your blood pressure. It ain't worth it. It is not worth it. <laughs> now our six degrees of Angela Lansbury, we have Sean Cassidy who played Chad Singer, the law student slash detective slash lawyer. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just none of this is possible. Sorry. And he was in the Hardy Boys Nancy Drew mystery series as Joe Hardy, which he was in with Parker Stevenson, who played Michael Digby in the Murder, She Wrote episode Sticks and Stones, which was one of my favorite episodes. Just throwing that out there. Okay. (laughs) Then we have episode 15. The bottom line is murder. Jessica says, I don't know how you spotted me, but you certainly had me pegged. I am a writer. Crime is my beat. Murder my specialty. She was going to get in that room one way or another to uh, see the interview or interrogation of Steve Koenig by Lieutenant Flanagan. (laughs) Whatever it's, and she was quick with that one too. And our six degrees of Angela Lansbury, we have Robert F. Lyons, who played Steve Koenig, and he was in a Perry Mason movie with, of course... Perry Mason himself, Raymond Burr, who was in Please Murder Me with Angela Lansbury. Episode 16, Death Takes a Dive. Harry says, I know, but I sold them something even better. The inside story of a tough, resourceful private eye who single-handedly broke open one of the largest murder cases of the decade. Jessica says single-handedly excuse me (laughs) harry says so i exaggerated a little what's a little white lie between friends a lot harry a lot okay (laughs) anyway so our six degrees we have john amos who played doc penrose and he was a recurring character on the west wing which starred Stockard Channing. And she was in The Cheap Detective with Peter Falk, who of course starred in The Trials of O'Brien, which had Angela Lansbury in one episode. Yes, this I had to go almost all six degrees for this one. <laughs> Don't judge me. Anyway, so <laughs> episode 17, Simon says, color me dead. Amos says, oh, I know Simon Thane is something of an institution around here, but just because there's snow on the roof doesn't mean there's no fire in the hearth if you get my drift. Amos, we we get your drift. That's gross. Okay, (laughs) It's not. It's honestly not, but (laughs) he is not even looking at Jessica when he says this until the end. He's like, you get my drift. (laughs) He's kind of embarrassed to say this, but it's the truth. I'm like, And we find out it is the truth because Simon was dipping and dabbling with 
Carol while his wife Eleanor was in the city. And you know she was in Boston dibbling and dabbling with some younger man. Let's not even be surprised, okay? No, because this don't make sense. I only see you on the weekends and you're my whole husband. And it's by choice because I prefer the city over the... No, no. This is clearly a marriage of convenience, which I'm not mad about. If y'all are all in agreement, that ain't for me. But if y'all in agreement, do you, boo. Do you. So our six degrees. We have Foster Brooks, who played Simon Fain, the victim in this case. And he was in the series, It Takes a Thief, with Susan Acker. And Susan Acker was in an episode of Murder, She Wrote, Keep the Home Fries Burning, another one of my faves, surprise. And she was Wilhelmina Fraser, and she was the murderer. So that's interesting (laughs) that he starred in a series with a Murder, She Wrote murderer, and he ends up being a Murder, She Wrote victim, not to that murderer, to a separate murderer. So... (laughs) Also, a victim of an affair. Oh, wait a second. Let's think this through for just a second. So Wilhelmina murdered her best friend because her best friend was sleeping with her husband. And the husband actually loved the best friend and not her and was going to leave her for the best friend, which is just levels. Really? We dealing with this on Murder, She Wrote? Yes. In season one of all, season two, season two of all times, right? A hot 1985. And in Simon Says, Color Me Dead, Simon's mistress murders him because he is planning to go on a month long Italian vacation with his wife. Okay. And rekindle their relationship and go on like a second honeymoon. And she's mad about this because she, despite having an entire husband of her own, is pissed about this and embarrassed and ashamed and ends up accidentally murdering Simon. She says accidentally, I I don't know, questionable, right? Because all we have is her side of the story. So this is interesting. Oh, look at that connection. Even more of a connection between these two characters. Interesting. Then we have episode 18, No Laughing Murder. And Mac and Murray are on Mac's show. And after doing a bit that apparently was a copy of an Abbott and Costello act about you being here, where, etc. Murray says... Well, actually, I am here. And Mac, I got to be here in this town. You see, I met this broad here in this town, and she kind of expects me to take her on a honeymoon. Norma says, honeymoon? Honeymoon? Trudy says, oh, that's great. Norma says, a honeymoon. And it ends. So Norma and Murray have been going out for some amount of time. We have no idea how long they've been going out, but they are a couple. And I'm assuming that this is also a marriage proposal. (laughs) How are you going on a honeymoon if you're not married? But like, I think Norma was done, you know, because she was talking about that. Maybe she'll find somebody on the Champs-Élysées, 
in Paris because that's where she was going. It sounded like alone and not with Murray, but apparently that's going to be their honeymoon and they're going to get married. So yeah, I'm happy because it seems like she put in some years. We're assuming, I hope they didn't meet like three months ago. (laughs) And this is a terrible idea. I'm guessing that she has been involved with in his life for a number of years because it seems like everybody knows her. Everyone's comfortable with her. Trudy is friendly with her. So it seems like she's been around for a few years, but maybe like was about to parlay her way out of the relationship. And Murray finally figures out that he was focused on the wrong things and he was about to lose her. So, um, I'm happy for them. I I am. I am happy for them. Good for them. Now, our six degrees of Angela Lansbury. Yes, I'm going to go with George Clooney. Yes. Okay. As Kip Howard, the son of Mac and Trudy Howard, he was a recurring character in Sisters as Detective Falconer. And he was in that with Heather McAdams, who was in one episode of Murder, She Wrote. Now, we have not seen that episode of Murder, She Wrote yet, so I will not reveal which episode it is. Ooh, you'll have to wait, okay? (laughs) And like call back like in three years (laughs) when we get to that episode. Anyway, episode 19, No Accounting for Murder. Connie says, Mr. Giles, I told you, Mr. Whitman is tied up and can't be disturbed. Marty says, well, that's a lot of garbage, honey. Now you go tell Ralphie boy, I want to talk to him now. Okay. Okay. Marty, that's rude. Okay. Let's, let's take it down a whole notch. Okay. I understand finances can make people real spicy. Okay. But that's not her fault. She is just the secretary or receptionist, whichever you want to call her. She don't need any of the smoke, nor does she want any of the smoke. Save it for Whitman, okay? (laughs) Who he does eventually get to see, so there's that. Our six degrees, we have James Noble, who plays Paul Carlyle, the murderer. And he is in one episode of The Father Dowling Mysteries, which of course stars Tom Bosley, who is Amos Tupper in the Murder, She Wrote series. Yes. Now, Amos is not in this episode. So (laughs) that would have been a nice full circle, but he's not. So there's that. Episode 20, The Cemetery Vote. Jessica says, well, I really have to get home. Amos Tupper may uphold the law, but I can't trust him to water my plants. Dang, Jessica, just like the shade. Okay. And that's her friend. Okay. <laughs> Jessica with the polite shade, just just a slight bit disrespectful. <laughs> oh, a whole mess. And our six degrees, we have Ellen Bry, who plays Linda Stevens, the widow. And she is in one episode of The Closer with G.W. Bailey, who is in two episodes of Murder, She Wrote, one of which 
we're going to talk about in literally two seconds, Murder, She Spoke. And the second episode that we have not seen yet, of course, I've seen it. And of course, you've seen it, but we haven't reviewed it as yet. When we get to it, he also has a Southern accent. He is from Texas. So G.W. Bailey, just a little trivia situation here. He is from Texas. He has a Southern accent in that next episode that he's in. And I believe they're in Louisiana. So it fit, it kind of, he kind of fits it in there. Um, But he's also a little bit problematic, not as problematic as Lieutenant Faraday, but kind of problematic. So there's that. But we'll get there when we get there. Episode 21, the days dwindle down. Georgia says, Jessica, you've given us the rest of our lives. Bless you and thank you. Sam says, I don't know how to thank you. Jessica says, just be happy. And Sam says, we will be. He then turns to Georgia and says, I am. And that was super sweet, you know, despite that I think that there is more levels of justice that he should have received. He is happy with this. George is happy with this. Their son is accepting this. Jessica is happy with it. So it is a very sweet ending in that sense, if we ignore the actual injustice of it all. So there's that. Okay. <laughs> and our six degrees, we have Jeffrey Lynn who plays Sam Wilson, the accused and the one who spent 30 years in prison for a crime he did not commit. He was in one episode of Ironside, which stars Raymond Burr. And of course, Raymond Burr was in Please Murder Me with Angela Lansbury. You see how this degree keeps being brought up, this Please Murder Me? Uh, If you're not on Patreon, get to it. Okay, watch the movie, get onto my Patreon, and then listen to the review. Okay. (laughs) And finally, we have episode 22, Murder, She Spoke. Lieutenant Faraday says, oh, I think writing is a real good hobby for a woman. You can cook up some supper, you can chat on the phone, and then pop over to the old typewriter now and then for a few minutes. Jessica says, ah, yes, while I'm not busy beating laundry against the rocks in the river. Okay. <laughs> now he realizes that he stepped a little too far over the line, but he does not apologize or back down from it. So yeah, terrible trash of a person. The character, the character, the character. Okay. (laughs) And our final six degrees, we have Constance Towers, who is playing Margaret Whitworth. She is a main character on General Hospital, Helena Cassadine. And she is on that series with Nancy Lee Grant who is in two episodes of Murder, She Wrote. She played Erin Carey in Tough Guys Don't Die. And she played Sheila Saxon in One Good Bid Deserves a Murder. And that is the wrap up for season three of Murder, She Wrote. A great season. I am looking forward to season four. A lot of really great episodes. I don't 
I was looking at them. I don't think there's any that I absolutely despise and or refuse to do. There are some that I like less than others, of course. But yeah, I think it's a pretty strong season. I say this now, not having reviewed any of them yet. Okay. <laughs> you know, because I do a deep dive when I'm actually reviewing them for you guys, as opposed to just sitting and watching them. So yeah, I'm looking forward to season four. I was going to also put out a fashionable way to die today, but I'm not trying to mess up my throat any more than it is right now. <laughs> so hopefully I can get it out Wednesday as a nice midweek treat. If not, then it will be next Sunday at 5 p.m. for a fashionable way to die this week. I hope to be getting out on my Patreon, the vines that bind. Y'all gonna get this voice too. So <laughs> so be prepared for your quiet storm version. <laughs> the Chronicle Mysteries review. So yeah, you guys, I am looking forward to A Fashionable Way to Die as well as the vines that bind on Patreon. But until next week, I will get my voice in order. Okay. <laughs> but you can find me on social media at Instagram, the Fletcher Files Pod on Instagram, on Facebook, Meta, the, F <laughs> the Fletcher Files Pod page on Meta, Facebook, right? And of course, on Patreon, link in the description box. Okay, you guys, it has been great. It's been a great season. I cannot wait for our new start for season four, episode one. Until next week, you promise me that you'll have an amazing week and I will do the same and I will get better. And no, it's not the COVID, okay? <laughs> so don't you worry, it's not that. It is my seasonal sore throat. Yeah, this is what happens when you go out without a scarf when you think that your neck is sufficiently covered. This is what happens. Don't do this, kids. Don't do that. Anyway, <laughs> until next week, have an amazing week. Bye.